Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, you ready to let the dogs out? What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know, like, who let the dogs out? Who, who? Off the Hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, Orange Blood. Good morning to everybody that is already a part and waiting for the program to start. We greatly appreciate that. Please mash that like button. We appreciate that. Subscribe and share if you haven't done that. We've got a big show, Chris Landry, on tap. Also, coming up, we will visit with, um, we'll visit, we'll break down Tennessee's signing class and possible ways that Tennessee will not make the college football playoff. And I want to illustrate those just to show you how likely I think it is they make the college football playoff. Good morning, Amanda LaFrada. As always, you're looking glowing and lovely I hope you're having a fantastic Thursday so far. Thank you. I I am, Dave. I hope you are as well. I am. So all kinds of fun stuff going on as Tennessee uh, plays Missouri and plenty to play for. You would think this could possibly be a, a letdown game for Tennessee, but not with so much on the docket. Brittany asking Dave, is Gerald going to be able to come back on? Since you ask, uh, Brittany, I will work that out. We'll try to get that on tomorrow. But he needs to be a regular part of the program anyway. I love uh, Gerald Riggs. And uh, favorite story with Gerald Riggs, if I can go Uncle Dave's story time real quick. 
is they used to practice on the baseball field, which they'll never let happen again because baseball is significant now. But back then, they would hold football practice out in the outfield and just tear the field up all the heck. And after practice, Gerald said, I was at a landscaping company, and he said, can I jump in the back of your big long bed pickup truck and give me a ride back to the facility? And I said, sure. So he jumps in. And then about 13 other players jump in the back of the long bed pickup truck. And I literally drove like maybe eight miles an hour because I thought, what in the world happens? This is how different things used to be, man. I'm like, what in the world happens if somebody hits us or I were to get in a wreck and it was happened to be offensive lineman and Tennessee's entire offensive line and Gerald Riggs is taken out? That would have been bad. And, uh, well, yes. <laughs> How wrong is that on so many levels? My thought would be like, is my pickup truck going to be able to handle this? Because this is a lot of weight, especially if it's offensive linemen. It's a lot of weight. Yeah. And it was it it was a rear wheel drive. And so there were, there was plenty of weight in the back. So we were fine there. But Gerald was getting out, and I said, Gerald, if I'd have gotten an accident, I don't think I'd be covering practice. And he goes, ah, oh, no, man. Philip Fulmer would have never let you come back. And <laughs> But it just shows you how much things have changed. Gerald's a great guy. Gerald went through a, a time with a quarterback controversy that um, certainly affected his career but had a very solid career. Probably if you look back at the great running backs in Tennessee history, because you're sandwiched in between an area and foster, you're sandwiched in between some of the all-time greats uh, like Jamal Lewis and uh, Travis Henry and those guys that he's probably not as highly thought of as he should be, just my personal opinion. I think he's a very solid tailback and one that Tennessee would take year on and year out. So Brittany, I certainly appreciate you bringing that up. We will get Gerald back on. So, the down and dirty at 30. We're going to talk some college football playoff. And the down at dirty at 30 today is brought to you by Zool Beer Company, XULBeer.com. That's Zool Beer Company. And they have fantastic parking downtown. And they also have worldwide award-winning craft beer and a great merchandise department. So check them out. That's ZulBeer.com. XULBeer.com. So Let's go ahead and uh, get right to it, Amanda, as I broke down yesterday. And for those that love to follow the site, uh, we love you. And um, I'm just going to go ahead and share. Perhaps I'm supposed to just uh, gloss over this. The traffic has been so tremendous that the site crashed uh, at one point, and we're working on that. So I think of this as a community. I'm, I'm not going to be one of those people at ESPN that sit up and say, oh, everything's good, fantastic. Uh, so we've had some issues with the site, but everything should be up good and running now. So please go there at offthehooksports.com, and you can read about the three things that could eliminate the balls from the college football playoff. And I write about these, Amanda, because I think they're so outlandish, and I think it illustrates how Tennessee is going to make the college football playoff unless one or probably two of these absolutely outlandish things happen. So let's start with, oh, I'm sorry, I clicked on Caleb's story there. Let me click on my story. Let's start with um, 
one that I, I think is the least likely of the three. So I'm going a little out of order. Georgia loses. If Georgia loses, I think that eliminates Tennessee from being in the college football playoff because I don't think the SEC gets two games in. Now, that it was actually brought up by Ron Slay. I hadn't even thought about that. I don't think there's a real chance of that happening, but we've seen crazier things happen in the SEC championship game. So what do you make of the chances that Georgia loses at Mississippi State, at Kentucky, they host Georgia Tech, and then the SEC championship game? Amanda, your thoughts? I don't, I don't think it's likely. I mean, I really I really would give Georgia a, maybe a 5% chance of losing one of those games. And, I mean, even the SEC championship, they'll face LSU more than likely. And if they face LSU, then I think that it'll be an easy road for Georgia. The only one I would be a little nervous about is Mississippi State. But we saw what Alabama did to Mississippi State. And I think Georgia could handle them fairly easily. I don't think Kentucky has anything for Georgia. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't see it. The only way I would see Georgia losing is if Alabama made it to the SEC championship game, and they can't. So there's no point. Well, John said, will they actually take a two-loss SEC champ? This is what the college football playoff probably does not want to happen. Because if LSU were to make it, or Alabama, with two losses and win the SEC championship game, Then you look at it and you think if this is any sort of playoff, if the SEC championship game really matters, then you would have to take the two-loss team, right? But if you look at body of work, Georgia would have a body, a better body of work. So John brings up a fantastic point. Would they take a two-loss SEC championship team, which I believe is – this scenario is somewhat possible because I don't believe there's an elite team, Georgia included – Or would they take Georgia coming off a win? Amanda, I don't know the answer to that question. That is very, very difficult. I think the playoff committee looks at, I mean, we've seen in the, in the past, it's the playoff committee looks at what have you done for me lately? You know, how, how have you won? How have you, you know, squeaked by or, or when you did lose, how did you lose? I mean, they look at things that are pertaining more to how the team has grown versus how they started and where they, you know, where they started preseason. They look at, okay, LSU started with a loss at Florida State and then got destroyed by Tennessee. But if they go out and win everything, win the SEC championship, they're looking at how how much this team has grown and where they are at that moment versus if it were Georgia and Georgia, you know, dropped the SEC championship and didn't look like they were that great, it looks like they have gone down. So I think they would put LSU in there. I don't know if you would necessarily put Georgia in there. I know that sounds crazy. Trust me, I know that sounds crazy. But they do that. They look at where you are at the moment the playoffs are, you know, start. What? Where is your team? So I think if you dropped, like, say Georgia – or I don't know. Yeah. Say Georgia dropped Stetson Bennett. Say he just, something happened. He got hurt and they lost the game in LSU. I don't think they put Georgia in just because 
there's no sets in Bennett and they know it's not going to be a great game. That's just my opinion from watching this for so long. I I would like for them to take body of work, but as Brittany points out with the decisions this committee has already made, I think it's tough to even assume to know what they're thinking. That's true. I think there is also some television survivor fact in there that we have mentioned before, but if you had to take a two loss team um, or a Georgia team, that lost in the SEC championship game, I would go, Dave Hooker would go with body of work, and that would be Georgia. But it sounds like you're saying they would go with the two-loss team because they're the ones that just beat Georgia, which would certainly make sense. If you're making a college football playoff and this team just beat the other one, then why wouldn't you take the team that just beat the other one? You want to take whoever's hot. I mean, that's what they're they're going for. That's why when, you know, they said Penn State won the Big Ten, Ohio State jumped them because Ohio State lost early in the season, but they were the team that was hot at the time. They looked better, so they took Ohio State. Yep. Mash that thumbs up button, like, subscribe, and share. We greatly appreciate that. Dean saying they're going to put the two to four most entertaining teams in because it's all about drawing the money. I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think that helps Tennessee. But I also think to some extent, if you just want to say style of play, it helps Texas Christian, which leads us to, and don't get me wrong, I think the college football playoff committee would rather have Georgia in there than Texas Christian. But if Texas Christian wins out, that's a bugaboo. And they will play Texas this week. They're a touchdown underdog, the Horn Frogs. I've had a fantastic season. They feel like the feel-good season, but so did Cincinnati last year. And what happened? Cincinnati ended up crashing the party, and they were a part of the college football playoff. So while it feels like they're just having a good time and they're a good story, don't rule them out. Um, again, Texas, a seven-point favorite. Uh, there's a good chance that TCU's run comes to an end this weekend. Uh, That would be good for Tennessee, considering TCU has two very winnable regular season games left against Baylor and Iowa State. Then there's the Big 12 SEC, uh, the Big 12 championship game. If TCU goes undefeated, it would be tough to leave the Horned Frogs out, Amanda, and put Tennessee in. If those are the two teams that you're talking about, one has a loss and one does not. Good morning, Jamie. That, That would be difficult. It would be hard to make that argument with TCU still in the Big 12. And if that's not the Big Ten and that's not the SEC, but that's a Power Five conference. So it would be incredibly difficult to leave them out if they're undefeated in Tennessee as one loss. I mean, I could see that, but I could also see to the, I don't know, I can't remember who posted it, but to their point of money, TCU is not going to bring in much money. They're not going to, they don't, I mean, you're in Texas, you're Texas Christian. Like, you have Texas, you have Texas A&M, you have Texas Tech. I mean, you have all of these schools. You have Oklahoma right there. The fan base, TCU doesn't have a big fan base. No. The Horned Frogs don't have a big fan base. So it's- can, can I stop you have for half a second? Because I agree okay. with you from the marketing aspect. But what money? What do you mean? Okay, so the, the games are all going to sell out. Even if TCU were to play Ohio State, Ohio State's going to gobble up the tickets. So the gate is not what we're talking about. But I think what you're talking about is probably future television contracts. Okay. Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, Ohio State, Tennessee 
in round one is a lot sexier than Ohio State TCU. Zero question. Yes, I think you'll have the viewership, advertising, all that stuff. You will have Ohio State Tennessee would would just, I don't know, five times maybe the viewership that Ohio State TCU would bring or TCU anyone would bring. I mean, realistically, no one wants to watch TCU. And no offense to TCU, but no one really wants. I'm, I'm not sitting here like on, you know, Saturday waiting for the TCU game. I don't think anybody no. is. No, I think you have to go to TCU to, to, to basically be that person. Now, the other scenario that I think you want to avoid is the Michigan-Ohio State game being close. If that is close, much like we had talked about some sort of scenario that the SEC could get two teams in, for now, the Big Ten has every bit the pull that the SEC does. I believe that that's going to change when they divide themselves among the TV networks. Amanda and I disagree a little bit. She thinks Fox will be every bit as strong or stronger than ESPN. I think ESPN will have more pull but that's yet to be determined. The bottom line is, as of right now, if those two teams play in some sort of epic, awesome matchup, I could see the college football playoff committee saying, hey, let's get those two teams back in it. Don't play each other in the semifinals. And then a rematch, much like Georgia-Alabama last year in the finals. That would draw TV numbers. Um, it wouldn't draw great TV numbers in the South. But if it was some sort of close, epic game, that's a game I would go out of my way to watch. I'm going to watch yeah. it anyway, but I would watch that. I mean, I would I would watch the regular season game, Ohio State, Michigan. I don't know if I would necessarily be inclined to watch it if it's the championship game. And I know I, I like the championship game and, you know, but it's like we've we've already seen this and. And the only thing is we just saw this. It's not like it's Tennessee, Georgia, where you see it in week, what is it, eight? I don't know, I, my brain's fried. Um, it's not like it's Tennessee, Georgia, where you see it earlier in the season. Michigan, Ohio State played the last game. You know, they play Thanksgiving week. Not the last game, but the next, I don't know. Anyway, they play really close to the end of the season. So if you're looking at that, and it's really close to the end of the season, you don't want to see that happen again in a month. You know, that's the now, only downfall I could see. I felt <clears> the <throat> same way, though, about Georgia and, and Alabama last year. But I thought they were the two best teams, so I went out of my way to watch. So if I see an epic regular season matchup, I'm going to go out of my way to watch. Lex says, does Tennessee need to hang 40 on the last three teams to have a chance? You shake your head, yes, Amanda. Why? I think Tennessee needs to show that they're dominant and that the Georgia loss was a one-time thing. Basically, I think they need to show that that it was a, a bad atmosphere, that it was, you know, <clears throat> that they just weren't as prepared as they should have been. You know, all of the other outside factors maybe had something to do with it, not saying that it did, but maybe that's how you get in. And that you go out and you destroy the next three opponents. If you destroy them, that shows the college football community that maybe that was just an off day for you and you belong 
playing the best of the best. If you don't do that, then the college football committee is going, "Mm, is this really the team that we thought they were when we put them at number one? I think you're right, but man, I hope that, and you're using, you, you didn't use it, but essentially what we're talking about is style points. And I know that, that was something that coaches had to think about. And what style points means, it means bad sportsmanship. It means running up the score. Um, And I think Tennessee's offense does that naturally, so it's not going to be outside of their normal realm. But back when it was just a two-team playoff or the college football championship game, you had to do that and you had to run up style points. And that was just a darn shame. You know, that's not the way – you're not supposed to rub somebody's nose in it. And I think that Tennessee doesn't necessarily have to hang 40, but I think they've got to show that they weren't some gimmick early in the year. And I don't believe they are, but I think they have to show that they weren't a gimmicky playoff or a gimmicky team early on and that they deserve to make the playoff because this offense is for real. It's formidable. And it's not just chucking up points to chuck up points. Dan says UT needs to, Pound Mizzou worse than UGA did to them. Comparisons matter. I won't argue with that. That I think as much as anything. I'm sorry. Sorry. That should be easy (laughs) because Georgia barely squeaked by Mizzou. So it should be. Yeah. Mizzou's pretty good defensively, which I think is probably a little scarier than people think. But Tennessee needs to win that game convincingly, convincingly. I don't know about 40 points, Amanda, but they need to win that game and look like the Georgia thing was the aberration, not that the rest of the season was the aberration. Uh, We have another comment. OSU and Michigan have just been beating up on poor teams all year. Their rankings and hype seem overinflated to me. Amanda, I think you and I agree on that. Yeah, I think Ohio State, definitely. Michigan, I think they're they're beating some teams more... I don't know, handedly, I guess, than Ohio State is. They look, to me, look like a more, like, rounded team. I think they look better as far as their offense is concerned, which is crazy considering C.J. Stroud and all that, blah, blah, blah. I think we've seen that C.J. Stroud is not that good. I mean, he's good, don't get me wrong, but he's not the end-all, be-all like they had originally said at the beginning of the season. I don't think that he is. Agreed. I think that Tennessee, uh, at the end of the day, needs to win convincingly. I think that they don't need to necessarily score style points, so to speak. But I think they need to show that they are a, a real team and this is not some sort of gimmick offense. So the down and dirty at 30 continues. Brought to you in part by Zach England of Best and Brock. Zach England is able to stand toe-to-toe with those big insurance attorneys that when it comes to personal injury, we'll try to make sure you get as little as possible. That's Zach England of Best and Brock. Zach's got your back. We appreciate Zach England. He brings you Ron Slay's appearance each and every Wednesday. Uh, the Vols announced the signings of four-star combo guard Freddie Delone, uh, four-star center JP Australia, four-star combo guard Cameron Carr, and three-star power forward Cade Phillips. Tennessee's class currently ranks number eight nationally in the 24-7 sports team rankings and is ranked number two in the SEC behind, guess who, Kentucky. 
good thing about Kentucky is their players will probably only be there for about six and a half months. So Tennessee is is solid. They're not going to be Kentucky. They're not going to be that sort of team that is put together in that fashion, the one-and-done guys. They're going to have some guys like the Kai Ziegler's of the world that stay around a while that they develop. The idea is to have a combination of both and is to have a special player thrown in there. Thought Kennedy Chandler would be that guy, and he kind of sort of was at times, but I think that's what Tennessee needs. Tennessee is not going to go get the one-and-dones from John Calipari. Uh, probably not going to get those guys from Duke. But if you are able to get one special player, find that one special player that can transform your team. I'll look back to the Texas team going probably before your time. They were very solid all around, but they had this guy named Kevin Durant. And he took them to another level. That's what Tennessee basketball has to be about. Yeah, I remember Kevin Durant. It was always Kevin Durant. And I cannot remember the guy from Ohio State. It was those one and two in the draft, and everyone was going back and forth. Oh, Ogden. Ogden. Is that? Um, Are you sure that's his last name? Yeah, I'm positive. He he looked like he was about 48 years old. Yes. Um. I. Yeah, I remember that going back and forth, back and Odin. I think. Odin. Odin. I'm sorry, Greg Odin. Yes. Yes, Greg. I was like Ogden. Um. Yeah, that's. I remember all of that, the one and two and, and people going, Oh, who's going to get drafted first. And it was kind of like a, strangely enough, it's kind of like the QB battle between Peyton and other guy. There was some similarities to that. Yeah. Brain is gone. It's fine. Ryan Leaf. Well, um, and what's funny is Peyton Manning was probably more the sure thing like Odin Whereas Ryan Leaf was the freak like Kevin Durant. Yep. But it didn't work out the same way as it did with Manning and Leaf. You looked at Greg Oden and you said, that guy's going to be a solid post player for years to come. You looked at Kevin Durant you said, man, and now this is years ago. Now everybody plays facing up to the basket, shoots a three, despite the fact that they're seven foot two. And uh, Kevin Durant at the time, you're thinking, man, he's that big and he's that skinny. And do you remember the the big knock against uh, Kevin Durant is that he couldn't bench one? So when they do the combine in the NFL, it's 225, which if anybody's wondering, I can get eight times. But they do they do 135 in basketball. Okay, so 135, literally. Amanda, we we could we could train, and by the beginning of next football season, you could get one thirty-five on bench press. Oh, I know. I in high school it was. Oh, you're a big I, lifter. Yeah, in high school I was. I was. Uh, I played four sports, so yes, in high school I could. And it doesn't sound crazy now, but I could squat. I think it was two fifty, and I know that doesn't sound like a lot. But that was back then with the like bar on your shoulders. So my legs could do a lot more than that, but my shoulders could not handle that bar sitting on my back to squat. Um, but I could do four sets of 12, 250. Like I was pretty, I was a hoss. I did, I tumbled I was and hoss quoted I was a day. catcher and like I, I was solid muscle when I was in high school. It, um, yeah. 
Not now. Yeah, so, well, Kevin Durant couldn't get 135, and everybody was really scared. I have long arms. I will go ahead and tell you that to be able to get to 300, which I did one time in my life, I racked it, got a 12-pack of beer, got the dog, went to the lake, and didn't work out for six weeks because that was one of my goals. Not the best response to that, but when you have long arms, it's more difficult. But that was – it's funny how if you compare the two – uh, between Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning, the the guys with the great ceiling were supposedly Leaf and were supposedly Kevin Durant. Leaf, of course, just completely fizzled out. And uh, Kevin Durant's one of the top 10 players of all time. And on the flip side, the sure things were Peyton Manning and Greg Oden. Well, Oden's knees basically exploded and 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 he wasn't able to have a successful career where on uh, the flip side, yeah, Peyton Manning did okay. Why are you smirking at me? No, I was just like his knees exploded. That was, ugh. but anyway, he had the, always... he had the micro fracture surgery in year one, which is what yeah. like guys that are thirty four years old when they go into your knee and they drill into the femur in order mm-hmm. to produce more blood flow for more cartilage. Usually, yeah. you have that like at the tail end when you're trying to hold on. To a career, not as a rookie. That's a bad sign. Yeah, that's gross. Um, I always wonder, though, in the NFL draft with the quarterbacks, it, how much of it is the quarterback and how much of it is the team that they land on? Because the Browns went through about 17 quarterbacks, and you can't tell me that they just guessed wrong 17 times. Like, it's, you know, how much of it is the team that I think Tim Couch would have been better than he was. But he got drafted to the Browns, and so his career got destroyed. Brady Quinn drafted to the Browns' career got destroyed. I mean, I don't, I don't know that it's the the team per se. And we'll ask Chris Landry about this. I think it's the team's willingness to say, "Hey, you're the dude." So if you remember uh, earlier, and the guy's name escapes me, help me on the message board playoffs. That guy that used to always that said that and threw Peyton under the bus and Peyton essentially got him fired, the uh, the head coach at the time. Uh, help me with that one, guys, because his name escapes me. Um, but anyway, he he wasn't willing to turn the keys over to Peyton Manning. And Peyton Manning had run freeze plays in college where they, they basically came to the line and they had one of two plays. That's what the Omaha thing means later in his career. So you would go to that second play or that first play, depending on what your primary play was. And now it wasn't Herm Edwards. It was, um, oh, somebody help me with that. He, he it's, had not the, the, it's not Tony Dungy, is it? That's not who you're no, talking Dungy about. No, Dungy was awesome. Dungy, okay, Dungy, I was said, like, Dungy said, this is your deal. Yeah, that's um, the only coach I remember with Peyton. That's the only one. Uh, Besides well, the Broncos. Jim Mora. John okay. Jim Mora. Playoffs. Yeah, thank you, uh, Mr. Meatball Gaming. He said playoffs, and Peyton essentially got him fired. So that's fine. Um, it was probably the right thing to do because Jim Mora didn't want to turn over the keys to Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning set an NFL record for interceptions thrown, and there was a reason why. The The reason why is he wanted to learn, and he wanted to get better, and he knew long-term he would be just fine. So um, anyway, it's an interesting uh, path that we just took. I'll tell you the path you need to take, and that is to financial security. And you need 
to reach out to a good friend of mine and good friends of mine, and that is Guardian Investments. Nowadays, with the video teleconferencing, it is easy, so you can utilize the resources that the uh, great investors do, and that's by going to giaplantoday.com, giaplantoday.com, and you can schedule a meeting. We can do it virtual now, and they are fantastic, and, and they're going to give you advice and they're going to help you make some decisions, but you're going to be informed and know exactly what those decisions are made for. As a matter of fact, they've got a way to battle inflation. So go to giaplantoday.com. That's giaplantoday.com. Back in two minutes with Chris Landry of Landry Football off Dog Sports. Sun, sand, and salt water. The beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassies, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct Service Station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been but it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas and fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. Here we go. It is time for Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. So we'll be joined by him very shortly. And there he is, Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. Chris, how are you, sir? I am great. How are you guys doing this morning? Well, appreciate the time. So I was laying out what has to happen for Tennessee to definitely make the college football playoff. And goodness knows that could be just a, like beating your head against the wall because it's a committee of dudes. And gals, and anytime you get a committee together, you don't know what's going to come out of that. Um, but a couple of things that I pointed out on offthehooksports.com that needed to happen to make it pretty easy for Tennessee to get that fourth spot. And one is TCU must lose. Um, I think that um, you, you compared the two teams, actually, which I found interesting, Tennessee and TCU. But at the end of the day, if TCU is undefeated and Tennessee has one loss, I think TCU would rightly get 
that vote. Um, now, other games will factor into this as well, but let's get laser focused on TCU. What do you make of that Texas game? Texas is a seven point favorite uh, despite TCU's ranking. What are some keys we need to be watching for that game? And uh, Tennessee fans have a rooting interest. What do they need to be watching in TCU, Texas? Well, the first thing that's the overview of this game is that Texas starts off strong. TCU starts off slow. Texas finishes, doesn't finish strong, and TCU does finish strong. So you're talking about where people, two teams that are just kind of different. I think certainly there's there's pressure on TCU because they know what's at stake. They're ranked. It's, it's a little bit of that kind of if you want to throw it into a comparison to what Tennessee had to go through last week. Um, you know, I don't think I'm mean, obviously Texas is not as good as Georgia. That would be the big difference, but you know, you're ranked, uh, you got a lot on your plate, you got a lot of pressure and look, there's a lot of football left, but they've got Baylor next week on the road, which may be just as tough. So this is a, this is a tough stretch. Look, this, this TCU team is very explosive. Um, they've got great receivers, the quarterback is phenomenal. He is a run threat. He's a pass threat. Just a big time playmaker. Um, I, I think that they are defensively vulnerable, but they come up big on third downs and in the red zone. So they're they're a very efficient team, and I think they deserve a lot of credit for doing what they need to do to win games, even though they may not do it in dominant fashion. I think Texas has got a really good chance here. I think Texas matches up. I think it's about B. John Robinson running the football. But Texas just dominated Kansas State in the first half last week. I mean, dominant. Just And Kansas State came all the way back, almost all the way back. And so I think you got to wonder about Texas and finishing games. I think that's just part of it. Maybe this is different. I don't know, but that's how I see it. How do you see, speaking of college football playoff and, and all of that, how do you see Oregon making it if Oregon does making it and overcoming that 49 to three loss at Georgia at the beginning of the season? I mean, realistically. Win the rest of their games. Um, if they win the rest of their games, they got Washington. And if they end up beating, and I'm not saying they're going to do this, but if you look at their schedule the rest of the way, really tough. Um, it's really tough. And the resume would be really good. So they uh, beat Washington beat Utah, beat Oregon State, another good team, and then beat whomever in the Pac-12 championship game they're in. They jumped Tennessee, in my view, because they're a conference champion. Remember what I mentioned last time. You can look at the rankings, and people are still, even after several years, think that if you're ranked, you know, five, nobody's going to jump you. Tennessee's got a low ceiling because all they can do is beat three teams that they should beat, they're not going to the conference championship game unless something crazy happens that I don't foresee. So let's just rule that out for the sake of discussion. Where Oregon's got a tougher path. And so it's going to be difficult for them to do it. But if they do it, you're talking about a one-loss team that won their conference championship, which remember the committee's bylaws say that if you are a non-conference champion, you have to be, I think the word is considerably better or, you know, you have to, it, it, it can't be really close because if it's close, the conference champion goes in. And listen, here's the thing. 
They got blown out by Georgia, so did Tennessee. And the point differential is no different. They both got hammered. So they're not going to get – I mean, they'll get ha- – they'll get – that'll hurt them, but no more than it's going to hurt Tennessee. Because anybody – the, the difference in that game is Georgia put the brakes in the rain. And, I mean, it just – they dominated. Tennessee was never even a factor in the game. Neither was Oregon. Um, so I, I think Oregon absolutely can get in if they win out. That's going to be awfully tough to do. And listen, let's not just throw Oregon in there. I'm not real impressed with USC, what I see on film. But if they run the table, if UCLA, now UCLA is 12. Now, I know why that is. Their out-of-conference schedule is not good. But any of those teams win the tape, run the table, uh, don't be surprised that, I mean, that one lost conference champion among any of the three are going to be strong candidates. But I do think Oregon is in the best position because they're ranked the highest. They have uh, less to go. Now, and, and, you know, I think it's also Oregon and TCU is in discussion, but it's also, too, about the loser of Ohio State and Michigan and how close that is. That, that's a factor, too, because there is a scenario where Tennessee and Oregon or Tennessee and TCU can make it, both make it. It just depends on a lot of factors, you know. Um, and, and and it would for Tennessee to me is Georgia's got to win out. They can't allow LSU to get there and win the conference championship, and then that's a that's a mess because uh, for them. And then they say, well, then maybe all three would get in. I I doubt that. But there's like Dave said, there's a million scenarios. But I think obviously TCU, Oregon, but I also think that um, you know the the Pac-10, the uh, Big Ten runner-up is one to watch, too. No, I agree with that. So we were talking earlier how the things that you don't want to happen, you don't want Ohio State and Michigan to run the table with the exception of the game they play each other, and that be some sort of one-point instant classic. Because if that happens, then both teams could make the college football playoff, and that would be bad for the balls, right? Yeah, and say that again, which two, I kind of lost you there. Ohio State of Michigan. Oh yes, if they're if it's close, yeah, they they both could. I mean, it's there's no question if that game looks like these these two teams are outstanding. Um, you know, I I think that that's that is absolutely in play. It's absolutely in play. Now Michigan's out of conference schedule is not very good. Neither is Ohio State's. Although, and this is one of the things I don't necessarily agree with, but you know, so now Notre Dame is a little bit of an uptick. So that's going to help USC, by the way, if they beat them. But it's also going to help Ohio State, you know, resume-wise. I, I, I don't I don't, I don't, don't agree with all that stuff, but the committee is what matters, not what I think. And I think all those things factor in. But, yeah, I, I think it's in play. Let me say this, too, and I don't – I just think th- th- there's so much – they're human beings. And if it's close, you can't convince me that trying to sp- trying to spread this around is what they want to do. In other words, that they, they, they hear that there's SEC bias. And I mean, I think the <laughs> I think what's gonna scream bloody murder is if you have two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams. I mean, I don't think they really want that. I mean, I, I don't they will say it doesn't matter, and I don't think it does.
But if that's the only, that's the only, and that's the best four. I mean, it's clear you got to you got to put it. But I think they would prefer not to have to do that. I think they'd ideally like to spread it around. I think that's the case in most situations, though. No, I think so too. But this question came up on the message board before we continue to break down what factors could play into what Tennessee does. And this question was uh, asked, who do you think the best four teams are? If it's Chris Landry's college football playoff committee, who would you have the top four today? And let me, I want to double up on that question. Yeah. Yeah. Who would you have today? And who do you think we'll have at the end of the season? That may be the same. Well, George is clearly the best uh, in my view. Uh, that's what shows up to me on film. <clears throat> What's difficult for me is I think the next best team talent-wise, skill-wise, is Ohio State, but I don't think they, they, they've shown it. I think talent-wise. But it's not just about talent or you just pick talent. And I just think that, they have not put it in all cylinders. And if they don't, I, I, I can't put them there. I'm not so sure. I, I am so excited about Michigan and Ohio State. So I would put right now, I have Michigan slightly ahead of Ohio State. Okay. But they're different in styles. Ohio State's more explosive. They're faster. Michigan's more physical. And so that, to me, is a lot of fun, contrast in styles. But, I mean, I'm just like, you know – Michigan, Ohio State, Ohio State, Michigan, it's like, you know, take your pick. Two and three, that's where we go. Uh, Four, I would put TCU right now because they handled their business. um, And so I I think the way they've got it, like I said, no real argument, Ohio State two and Michigan three, but I'd flip them for now. And with the understanding that we're going to let that play out in a couple weeks. Who's going to make it? I think Georgia's going to beat LSU. I think they're going to win out and beat LSU. I think they'll be in and be the one seed. Look, I want to give more thought, and I want to see a little bit more uh, of before I kind of, whether it's Ohio State or Michigan, let's just say it's one of them. It's going to be one of them. Let's just pick Ohio State since it's at Ohio State, and I'm I'm not sure that that's where I'm going yet, but that would be two. And I I have to see that game to determine, because I'm picking the – which you which you think I think is going to happen? Um, so that that that's going to determine whether there's a player for the second team in the Big Ten. I I think it's going to be awfully tough for TCU to beat Texas and Baylor. And let's remind folks, going to have to win a Big Twelve championship game. That's awfully difficult. If they win it, forget it. They deserve it. I mean, they they in terms of a resume, they might deserve to be too, you know, even though they're not the second best team in my view. Um, so, you know, that would be Georgia, the big 10 winner TCU, if they win up, but if TCU doesn't win up, then I, then I think it's, then it gets really challenging because then I got to see more football to determine that right not right now. It's clear. It's right now. I mean, this is TCU deserves to be in and that's that, but I would say this, if TCU wins out, uh, Oregon wins out. They deserve to be in, and I would put them in over the loser of the Big Ten championship game because that resume will be really good. You'll win the conference champion. And But I, but for me, a lot of it is how they look. It's not just, well, if this happens, well, yeah, you're saying who's going to win and who's going to lose, but how does it look? How clear? I mean, I, to me, 
the I don't call it the eyeball test. It's the film study test to me means more to me than it does to most people. But yet I also understand that, you know, you can look really good, but, but you still got to win games. And if you have too many losses, you know, so I don't know if I answered your question because I can't really answer right now what I think is going to happen because I don't know how the results are going to be, but that's kind of how I see it. Um, stay tuned. It's going to be a lot of fun. Look, Tennessee is in a position like most people are, whether they deserve it or not, whether they're four best or not. I'll say this. They're in a position to where other people are going to have to go out and play and there's normally carnage that takes place and people just fall by the wayside. And then you got old Tennessee in there that's close and they got the win over Alabama. They, they, they got hammered by Georgia, but you know, they could be right there. Just uh, what they say, hanging around the chicken coop and just jumping in. It's, it is definitely a possibility whether I think they're um, one of the four best or not. Yeah. The college football playoff, it's its on everyone's mind, obviously. What do you think the committee looks at more? Because I think this is a this is a constant like battle between do they look at body of work more or say it's the end of the season and we've seen this happen. They will jump a, a championship winner, like Big Ten champion. They'll jump that winner with someone else in the Big Ten that's, you know, that has one loss or whatever, like Ohio state jumped Penn state that one year. <clears throat> what do you think they consider more important? Is it the body of work at the end of the season or is it who's doing it now at the moment? I have no clue with the committee. I really don't. I have no clue because everything, it seems like brand matters. Um, it seems like, look, here, here's my view on having opinions and objective opinions. Just like with stats or, or making an argument. You know, like in a debate, you know, you take an argument, you take an argument. and that, Well, okay, that's debating. That's not reality. If, if you want to make a case, for example, for Tennessee or against Tennessee, well, you're doing it wrong. It should be you study it, and based upon what you unearth, then you say, I'm going to fall on side A or side B. Everybody has this, I think, perceived the biases or whatever. I strictly look at the tape and, you know, look at everybody, and, and I have a feel for it. But you still got to go out and execute it. I don't know what the committee – I mean, the committee seems to use the resume more – I mean, just whatever they decide to do, it's like, well, resume this, it's eyeball test this, it's this, it's that. I know this. I, I know that what they are mandated to do is take the conference champion. It's a real big factor. Now, you know, if you get three lost conference champion, that's different, but that matters a lot. I know that that's kind of in their bylaws and what they stick. Other than that, I, it seems to be side by side. Um, I just don't know. I just don't know how they're going to do it. I, I do think it matters. And you saw it in the first week. It's, you know, um, TCU didn't was seven because in the first rankings, because they didn't have great game control and other people. Well, <laughs> that don't get great game control. They get credit for, they find a way to win. 
I mean, what, all right, what, what is it? It's just, you know, it's just one of those things. Well, you know, the resume is not really good. Yeah, but did you see them? Okay. Did you see them? They look really good. Yeah, but the resume is not. It's like, what is it? I don't know. I really don't know. Please hit that like button, the thumbs up. That means a lot. Bring people more, uh, bring more people in. We greatly appreciate that. And make sure you're subscribed and you, you have your notifications on because you never know when we'll pop up, especially with the recruiting season coming up. We've got some great things planned with Chris uh, to break down some uh, Tennessee prospects. As a matter of fact, on Black Friday, we might have a special for you. Uh, it's David uh, Hobbs is when he is expected to commit. So, Brittany had a question. My issue is they haven't seemed consistent. Who is they, Brittany? Help me with that before I ask this. I'm uh, assuming it means a committee. Yeah, that's what I would. Assume. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and, and because she says even the first two weeks, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's, 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 yeah, you know. I would argue that they've been surprisingly consistent. I don't think so at all. You don't think so, Amanda? No. I think, I mean, they put TCU at the first go round they put them at what seven then they jumped them to four just because they remained undefeated and and i understand that but they've jumped oregon up even after you know that loss to georgia at the beginning of the season they took clemson from four to ten for one loss that no they haven't been consistent at all well i i would say chris consistently inconsistent because I think you're supposed to take the way I would view it, if I remember, is a clean slate at the beginning of every Sunday morning when I start looking at these teams. So, yeah, would, I mean, that's the way I would look at it. Body so of you work, take the resume out? It, well, no, I would take recency wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter if they won on the day before or week one. This is me, Chris. You tell me how you would do it. I would take body of work and what they've done each and every Sunday like a clean slate. And this is the way, you know, if I ever get asked to be an AP voter, which I'll probably turn down because it takes hours every Sunday morning. Um, that's the way I would do it in each and every week. So mine would be very volatile. If that's inconsistent, that's inconsistent. But it would be volatile in who I think the best team is on that particular Sunday morning in the second, third, and fourth. Yeah, here's the thing about it. Here's the ugly truth of this. Having the committee announce it every week, folks, it's all it is is a TV show. Yes, it's Survivor. Yeah. It, it, it's just, and, and they do it because it, it takes a lot of, you know, attention. And uh, it's great talk. Doesn't matter because the only thing that matters is the last one. And so, like, you said, okay, yeah, you adjust it. Well, in the first rankings, if you asked me first week, if you asked me, did Tennessee deserve to be number one? Yeah, I mean, the resume is good enough. Still thought Georgia was a better team. I think that proved out. So should I put Georgia one because I think they're the better team? Or do I look at the resume and say, well, Tennessee's done a little more. We'll just let it play out next week doesn't really matter a whole lot because they're going to play next week. Am I going to sit there and just, you know, twiddle my thumbs over Ohio State, Michigan, when they're going to play in a couple of weeks? Let that play out. I think it's look, it's a real problem because it's great conversation, but it doesn't mean anything because in the end, it is the entire body of work. But I think what it should be done, you should study it 
Um, and you know, but, but I, I think the the week to week thing is non productive because all it does is create animosity because people get a lot of angst because they still live in that ranking system where if you're ranked second, my God, if you don't lose, you're going to stay second. That's the old voter, it's, and that's the wrong way right. to do that. And you know why that, and Chris, you know why that is? It's because all the games weren't nationally televised. Well, it's, it's like true. Way, it, yeah, way it, back to the people, step- people are lazy. Well, and then, you know, how, how do they know how to evaluate a team other than whether they win or not? Well, that's if that's true. all you know, then you just look at the, you know, the, the you got to know football and you got to understand, you know, what led to it. Um, I mean, but I, for I instance, think that's a big part of it. Yeah, but for instance, like in the 70s and 80s, I kind of understood it. If, if you said sure. if, if you're on the West Coast and you didn't see Alabama play or vice versa and you just move somebody up one and you didn't see them play and how dominant they were Correct. Correct. or how poorly they played and you just drop them one. That to me is lazy. See, I, I actually maybe I'm the one person in the room and on the message board that likes the way the committee's handled it so far. Because I, I think it's a thankless job. It, 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 I mean, so in yeah. other words, here's the thing. I don't I mean, like, I, I'm not being critical because I think it's a thankless job. But let me because ask you this, any way that you do it. Well, it should be this. Well, yeah, it should be that because it, it favors your team that way. <laughs> well, I think it should be that, you know, it's just you, you're not going to. There's no way to really do it the way they do it. And have okay. Well, this is the okay. What's the criteria? Well, there's so much subjectivity that you can have the criteria, but with subjectivity, you see it differently. And we had the BCS, but the BCS wasn't good because it wasn't human element. Now we got a human element. They hate it as much as the BCS. Most people, and I I think that's just you're not going to please people. But to my point, and I want to get Amanda's thoughts on this too. But to my point, Chris. Alabama has two losses. Mm-hmm. They, to me, are by far a better team than Clemson. But Clemson just has one loss. So if you want to go old school, Clemson should be ahead of Alabama. I've got respect for the committee for putting Alabama above Clemson. Sure. I mean, yeah, no, I, I have no problem with that. I agree with you. Uh, and I do think you're right. That's why they used to have all those posters in all parts of the country because it seemed like the West Coast folks would vote their teams a little higher because they knew more about them. So I think this is um, this this is absolutely true. It's more of a national sport now, where people see it from a national viewpoint. So I think that's that's absolutely true. Look, my, my view, and, and I have a different way I would have done this, and I don't want to waste too much of your time on this, but I always felt like college football was unique in that you should have more uh, the first week or week zero, whatever you want to call it. Everybody play like an an FCS team or something to to get like a preseason out of the way and find a way to funnel money to support those programs. And everybody else, I believe smaller conferences would be better. I I thought college football was better when you had eight or ten teams in it because you can play a round robin. You know who truly is the better team in each league. And then – I would want to play good versus good. And what I've always felt should be done is after the college season is over, take the month of December and make the month of December for college football with the month of March is for college basketball and put the best teams in the best bowl games. And then after the bowl games on January 1st, 
You can pick two teams or four teams. My point is, is you're going to be having discussions on who the best teams are and who the four should be in. My point is, is you can schedule all you want. You don't know who's going to be really have a good year or, or down year scheduling a year or two in advance or even longer than that as we schedule. But we do know at the end of the year who are the better teams are. So, you know, you want to figure out who's better, TCU, Oregon, Tennessee. I know one way to figure it out. Put them in a December ball game. You know, put, put you know, put, and then pick four after that because basically it would be an extension of the regular season. Who would not want to watch some of those great matchups out of conference? We go in conference, have the great matchups, have the, then it would not be very, oh, you'd still have some arguments. I'm not saying that, but you'd have a better feel for who the four best are. Now, I'm not, I can tell you who I think the four best are. I don't know that it's fair for me to say they should be in and they should be out because I'd really want to see them play. But, you know, I can only give my opinion and anybody can read stats. Anybody can look at strength of schedule and look at, I look at those things, but to me, studying the tape tells me who I think is better. Who I think, and I'm not talking about who has the better personnel, the better pro prospects, who looks better. But who looks better doesn't necessarily mean they're going to play better in a given game. And so not really comfortable with the system, although I understand it, and I think that's why we're going to expand. It's not going to solve all the problems. We're going to have other arguments, but at least it gives you an opportunity to get in I don't know that every conference is, I know every conference is not as good as the other, but if you've got a path to get in, you had a, you had a good season, you win your league, that's where we're headed. You're going to get in and then there's going to be spots for at largest. I think that's obviously where we're headed. I don't think it solves all the problems, but yeah, I agree with you. I, look, I'm not being critical of the committee. I, I, I don't, if they put a bunch of football guys like myself on there, people wouldn't like that either. Because you'd sit there and say, I think this team's better than that team. Look, if a team is got a is a two-loss team and they look better on tape than the team that's unbeaten, well, that may be how I see it, but I have to respect the fact that that team didn't lose a game and this team right. lost two. And so, you know, I can say that team's better, put them in. Well, you know, that's saying with a certain amount of certainty that the unbeaten team would not have won the two games against uh, would not have uh, would have gone unbeaten against this other. I can't do that. I, I, it's not possible. So it's a, it's not a fair task that they're given. And I don't think they do a bad job. And I think they're uncons they're inconsistent in some at times because it's an inconsistent process and there's a certain level of biases and, there's a certain expectation that you think a team is really good. And so, like, if you think Georgia is the best team in the country and they don't dominate people by 30 points, well, they're overrated. But if, if you know, if you're, you don't have expectations like Tennessee, well, they're great. Well, expectation-wise, that's how you see it. But you have to throw out the expectations and just look at just what it is. It's the same way I evaluate players. The guy's got a lot of hype. I don't, I don't care if he's got a lot of hype and somebody's saying he's great or not. Just the film's going to tell me. The, the, the film grades the player. The film grades the team. I just know what to look for, and that's the difference. But you gotta you got to respect the fact that you win games. 
And yeah. so a two or three loss team doesn't deserve mm-hmm. to jump up an unbeaten team. Uh, uh, in my view, you know. Right. So I did today's tough question because okay. I was just, since we're talking about this, I was just going to go ahead and put that out there. Mm-hmm. And it's, if you were on the college well, football I don't play. Waste the, I don't want to waste the element. Can we play the element? Chris, do you have time for the element? I got all the time, you guys. We do our research. Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's tough question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soup, eh, Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrada. You drinking my sake, Kimosabi? Oh, my God. All right. There you go, Amanda. How about that? You deserve your element. Today's tough question. If you were on the college football playoff committee, which would make the biggest impact on your rankings? And these are your four options. Body of work slash resume, strength of schedule, brand, or eye test. Eye test for me, clearly. Uh, it would. But, you know, that's the most important thing. But, again, just go back to what I said. You can look really good and, you know, it, it – Strength of schedule is important, but you can only play who you play, and it doesn't necessarily tell you who's best. Look, you can be unbeaten. Are you unbeaten because you've played weak teams only? Like, I don't think, for example, not to be critical, but I don't think Ole Miss is all that good. But their record is gone because they played a very weak schedule. But there's some people that play a weak schedule that are good. So – I, the, that's where the eye test comes in. It, again, what's my background? Coaching, scouting. I have to project guys. It doesn't matter if you win the Heisman or win an award or you're a great college player. How do you project to the next level? As a high school player, how do you project to the college level? Evaluating teams, coaching. How How is a guy going to project as a coach from school A to school X? That's the same way I, I evaluate these teams. So it's the eye test. That's the biggest thing for me. It, but I'm not saying that 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 should be well. You, you, you know that that's the way everybody should say it. Because, quite frankly, if you don't have the ability to see the eye test the same, and you just look at games on TV or in person, that's not the right tools to be able to look at it and what to look for. You got to see more than that. So, I, I, the eye test is clearly for me the biggest thing. But it it's not. I understand why it's not for everybody, and, and fully respect that. Right. Yeah, so I have one more question. Sorry, Chris. Yeah. I have one Many more question. Many as you want. Okay. I know we're everybody's kind of jumping over this Missouri game, and really everybody's kind of jumping over the rest of Tennessee's schedule because it shouldn't be that difficult for the Vols to, to win. Uh, they have some pretty bad uh, competition. But let's look at this Missouri-Tennessee matchup. And kind of give me your thoughts on what Tennessee is going to need to do to win this game, what Missouri is going to need to do to win this game, and where they'll have trouble each each team, like what side they're going to have trouble on. I'll start with the latter. I don't think Missouri can win the game. I don't think there's a path for Missouri to win it, other than Tennessee would have to lose it. Just, you know, this is um, – I think the defensive front for Missouri can be a little sticky at times. Um, this is not going to be like Missouri played against Georgia. So people will confuse that and say, well, I, I don't get it. Missouri played Georgia well. Georgia, you know, beat Tennessee. How's Missouri not? Well, it's completely different styles. 
Okay, Georgia plays everything close to the vest. They don't open things up. They 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 dominate you, but they don't just explode points on you. I mean, they exploded on Oregon because Oregon turned the football over, and and in Georgia created a lot of that. Tennessee is going to make enough explosive plays to where Missouri's offensively not good enough to keep up. Now, there's always it's football, it's sports. Could absolutely Tennessee lose it? Of course. It, it happens all the time. Not all the time, but it happens sometimes. Tennessee would have to be sloppy, turn it over, do things that they really don't do normally. Uh, and why would that happen? Well, you know, I don't really see it happening, but why would it happen? Well, you know, didn't have a good week of practice, kind of licking their wounds from last week, feeling inside, whatever. Uh, I think Tennessee rolls. I think they win. I think they win big. Because I just don't think Missouri is matches up all that well, but Tennessee better be ready to play and be focused to play their game. Tennessee plays their game. It's it's just a matter of how many points and how big a margin. If they don't play well, then that's going to make it closer and maybe make it thrilling in the second half more than Tennessee fans would want. That's how I see it. It's not a real strong X's and O matchup. It's just more about emotion and intensity and focus. So somebody's trying to get a rise out of Amanda on the message board about uh, Alabama. But I I do want to ask you this. There is this national contention um, among the the media, the national media, that the Nick Saban run is over. If I made you bet a mortgage payment that he wins a championship or not, what would you bet? Oh, a win another one? Yes. Oh, yeah. I I, I think there's a really good chance of that. I mean, okay. I think it's – me... I, I would say in the next three years, because, I mean, you're not going to coach forever. I mean, 71. But, yeah, I think they can. Uh, yeah. So Okay, yeah, so yeah. let me take it a step Follow. further. To, to make it a fun gambling aspect, I'm going to put it at one and a half. So you have to take the over or the under. Mortgage payment – on that uh, well yeah thanks for thanks for betting my mortgage appreciate you uh, doing that that's awful <laughs> i know i'm just i'm just easy uh no i would say less because i just think time is you know i mean look it, 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 despite popular belief alabama doesn't win it every year <laughs> you know yeah. it, it, you know it's like people don't realize what's happening to alabama right now is normal what they did winning six titles is not normal. That just doesn't happen. Nobody does that. Uh, it's not normal for Alabama, I know. Not normal for Nick Saban. But I, I would say that there's probably one more in him. I wouldn't go two. In a, in, in, oh, Mr. Mister Vegas, the odds here, one and a half. Like, if you win one. Yeah, so the odd is, is it going to win two? I would say no. I wouldn't count it out. Um, But I would say that there's a – I'll answer this. Just based on time, if I had to guess, is he going to win two or win zero? I'd probably say zero. Because you got to factor in, it's not just about Alabama. It's about Georgia. I've said this before. Georgia is the best program in the country, and it's been for two years. Um, It doesn't mean they can't be beat. Alabama beat them, and and I don't know that they're going to – Georgia's going to win it all this year. Uh, but 
they are doing things at a different level. I think what's going to happen at Alabama, Nick is going to make some changes. But I think the difficulty is as he makes changes, it's different than making changes five years ago, ten years ago. Defensively, he gets young coordinators that run the defense like he wants. So if there's going to be transition, how much does he want to transition? I mean, if it takes a couple of years to transition into getting new, you know, get new people and it takes a, I mean, the clock is running. I mean, look, I don't know. Nick's not going to, I mean, I don't know how to answer the question as long as he's going to coach. I mean, there's no way, but it's just pretty common sense that if you're 71, you're not 61. So it ain't going to be another, I mean, I don't see him coaching at 81 and, you know, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but, so I think that the time is the element. And that's a big factor. I also think there's another element to this. Everybody's dealing with NIL. Everybody's dealing with transfer portal stuff. Um, I don't think any coaches really like it, but some people are embracing it a little bit better. I think that's tougher for Nick to embrace with. I think there's a frustration level. I think if Nick can win one more, I'm not saying he's looking to win one more and leave. I, I think he wants to kind of fix it, but I don't know that he wants to be in long-term with, with the way it's going right now. And everybody's dealing with it. This is not an Alabama problem. This is everybody's dealing with it. I just don't think Nick is comfortable dealing with the, the, the NIL frame. And it's not NIL. It's, NIL transfer portal that's creating a different type of player that you need to coach. That, you know, clearly they're not getting the message across. And here's the other thing is they've got to look at the entire program on who they're recruiting, how they're recruiting. Because, listen, they're going to be ranked. They've got the number one ranked recruiting class. But the number one ranked, you do understand how these recruiting services rank guys. If Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Georgia are recruiting a guy – he goes from a three-star to a five-star pretty quickly. Okay, that's how they do it. They don't really have to evaluate. Are you evaluating the right guys? They may be talented guys, but are they the type of guys that you want in your program, That the toughness of work ethic? Because I can tell you this, and I've said this before. Look at this Alabama. This offensive line's not as good as they've been. The receivers can't get open. They're not as talented as you think. Okay, and they've not overly talented defensive tackle. They've got outstanding edge rushers. They're not as good in the secondary. By Alabama standards, I still think they've got better overall talent than Tennessee. I still think they've got better overall talent than than Alabama. So there's a coaching element, the developing element that's not working quite as good. So in the past, when they were able to win these type of games, even though they don't play as well, they don't have the ability. Look, the past couple of years, what have they been able to do? Look at those receivers that are littered in the NFL that have come from Alabama that when things are not going well, big play, take it over. It looks like Tennessee, right? Is Tennessee a great team overall? Their explosive playmakers cover up an awful lot. If you take that away, we saw what happened against Georgia. Well, for Alabama, they're – have been more well-rounded than Tennessee, of course, but they still were relying on the finesse, the speed, 
the big play. And when they don't have the big plays, if the receivers are not as good, even though the quarterback is, yeah, you don't have other ways to win, do you? And that's the difference is they're not as well-rounded as they used to be. So that is, you know, can he fix that? Can he fix it quick enough? Look, there's a short list of who can win a national championship. This year, next year, and the year after, and the year after that. Alabama's on that short list. Are they going to get it done? I don't know. But if I had to guess, I, I think he's got another run in him. But it's tougher now. You know why? Because he's going to have to go through Georgia. And he can do it, but that's tougher than it's ever been. Because in the past, they were the best. And people, Georgia and Kirby was trying to build their program up to where they can challenge Alabama. Now it's Alabama having to catch Georgia. And that's going to be the problem for, for Alabama. It's going to be the problem for Tennessee. Because you can't get around Georgia and Alabama will be pretty good. And that's going to be the ceiling that Tennessee's going to butt their head up against. And right now it's maybe something that Alabama's having to deal with. So I probably went too long on that. I always go too long on stuff. It's no, good stuff, fine. Chris. Uh, people need to go to LandryFootball.com to learn more about football than you ever imagined you could know. It is fantastic. Chris, I appreciate the time. We'll talk to you soon, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. Have a, a great weekend and enjoy the games. Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. She's Amanda LaFraud. I'm Dave Hooker. Chris's appearance brought to you in part by Pedigo of Chattanooga. Pedigo Chattanooga, locally owned store where you can find the best in e-bikes and you can find the best service as well. If you just buy one online, then it's not going to be as high quality as Pedigo Chattanooga. And also, it is not going to be a bike that you can get easily serviced. So imagine buying a bike, something goes wrong. You put it together, you now have to take it apart, send it to a factory to get it worked on, and then you have to put it back together again. That's not Pedigo Chattanooga, great customer service. So coming up, this day in sports history is right after this. Stay tuned. She's Amanda LaFrada. I'm Dave Hooker. This is Off the Hook Sports. Life's about choosing where you want to go and mapping out a financial path to get there. Of course, things don't always go according to plan. An experienced financial advisor can help you avoid potential hazards and find alternate routes. The right financial advisor is there for the journey, helps you plan for what's coming, makes adjustments along the way, and keeps you on track to reach your specific goals. Are you on the road to success? Contact us for a complimentary review to find out. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. 
This is Al's Desk Barbecue Supply, so come on in. See all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help, so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze for your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food, and we'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Nest Barbecue, where Chattanooga goes to grill. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Perspective, exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old, when you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda LaFrada. Two kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer. All righty, this day in sports history, we thank Brittany providing, for providing the awesome spreadsheet. How about this back on November the 10th? Tennessee defeated number 13, Notre Dame 40 to 18. Hubert Simpson rushed for 117 yards and four touchdowns. That's back in 1979. I do miss those games and miss those rivalries. I don't know. It's not a rivalry. It's not like Notre Dame, Michigan, or it's not like Tennessee, Alabama, or any of those real rivalries, but it was one of those cross sectional ones that. I don't know, kind of meant a little something different, which I thought was uh, pretty cool. So uh, this day in sports history and uh, congratulations to Gary Kasparov, who in 1985 became the world chess champion. Thoughts on Gary? Is chess a sport, Amanda? I don't I don't consider that a sport, a physical game. You just move like saying is solitaire a sport no it's just strategy yeah i'll tell you another one that's crazy is in 1957 uh there was an nfl record crowd of 102,000 for the 49ers and rams in la so i'm assuming that would be at the rose bowl and i'm assuming that they gave a lot of tickets away just to break the record correct 142,000? No, 102,000. Oh, I thought you said 142,000. I was like, how did they fit that many people in there? Well, they only got they only took skinny people. That's rude. It's fat shaming. I'm not fat shaming anybody. I'm fat. fat shaming. No, so uh yeah, 102,000 showed up for an NFL game. That's one of the things that people don't realize that love sports in the Northeast and don't see even the Michigan and Ohio states of the world, but especially in the South that a hundred thousand show up pretty regularly uh, on a game at like a half dozen locations, 90 to a hundred thousand. No big deal. They just show up. That's what they do. Um, so it's uh, it, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. All right. So uh, this day in sports history today is brought to you by our very good friends at Nutrition World. I purchase all my supplements from Nutrition World, and you need to go to nutritionw.com, nutritionw.com for the best supplements. I'm going to go ahead and tell you the acronym store that you can go to for your supplements. They're not going to give you a lot of insight, 
So if you need it, you can always call Nutrition World, but everything's on e-commerce. So you can order it there. Know that it's, it is absolutely organic and great for you and it will change your life. And you don't have to be scared about taking some other supplement that you don't know where it came from by that acronym store. So go to nutritionw.com, nutritionw.com. All right, a little message board bingo. And it was absolutely so hard yesterday. I don't think anybody got it, Amanda. I mean, I think you got it at the end. Well, if I, I you get, jumped on that last one real, I, real quick. If I, if I, nobody get, else got that. If I get it, I think that means it's too hard because I'm, I'm just getting lucky. Is oh, I was like, are you, are you saying you're the most intelligent person? Definitely. No, I'm the worst of that in the history of man. Um, I get it. It's, it means it's too hard. No, it wasn't supposed to sound like that. Message board bingo is brought to you by our friends at Craft Treats and Owl's Nest Barbecue. At Craft Treats, you can win a prize right now if you tell us what message board this message was posted on. And we'll hook you up with a gift certificate to Craft Treats. And you can use it for any of their treats. I really love the CBD cannabinoid treats. Because the chill pills are great for my pet. And my pet is uh, fighting a little bit of arthritis. Also helps with social anxiety. Why are you laughing at my pet's arthritis? I'm not laughing at your pet's arthritis. I'm looking at my pet, uh, my dog right now. And she is in her fluffy bed. And she is passed out. I mean, paws out, head over. Like The chill pills. She did have one last night, though. Yeah. And you can go to uh, Off The Hook, or you can go to crafttreats.com, use the promo code Off The Hook, and you can get 20% off anything, CBD or not. And it's great holistic thing. So, again, it's good for your dog. And uh, I, I thought of something funny that you wouldn't think was funny, but I talked about how my dog, if it doesn't have the chill pill that day, it can't jump up on the bed because it's kind of a high bed. So we put the little autumn in there so it could kind of shovel itself up. And, but it's scared to get on the ottoman. So now we put it on the ottoman so it'll make the jump to the bed. But it hates being picked up. And it's a smaller dog. Most smaller dogs like being bit, being picked up. But now the funny thing is, if I forget to give it the chill pill, he jumps up and he kind of makes it halfway. And then his little front arms are trying to scurry up onto the bed and Aww. it's a real struggle. That's awful. But my dog sometimes busts it trying to get in my car. And I have a car. I don't have like an SUV or anything. And she'll just jump and like scurry and I have to catch her. It's, it's a fun day. All right. So the chill pills will take care of digestive issues as well. And again, go to uh, crafttreats.com. Use the promo code off the hook. I want you to do that. I want you to check it out. Because you'll absolutely love it. And as far as our friends at Alice Nest Barbecue, if you don't have a pet, you can win a prize from there. They're in beautiful Utawa, and they have, wow, an incredible selection of barbecue sauces, rubs, and the Green Mountain Grill that maybe, maybe I've dropped a hint on for Christmas. Maybe. Oh, did you drop it to them or did you drop it to? Shoot? Oh, not to them, my, my mom. <laughs> oh, your or your mom? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we we had one of those, and they're one of the the big names 
um, you'll hear them on the Dan Patrick show. And it, I'll be honest with you, I'm not ripping another brand, but it never worked like it was supposed to. And then it even worked worse when we moved to Chattanooga and my stepdad and father-in-law decided that they wouldn't properly strap it in and threw it out of the back of the pickup truck on the interstate. Yeah, now, I, bet it, I bet it didn't work at all. Now it really doesn't work. <laughs> so I need a Green Mountain Grill and I do the smoking, so they'll take care of that. Message board bingo is now. You can win prizes. Tell us what message board this was posted on and boom, we're taking care of you either with craft treats or with Alice's Barbecue. Here we go. Is it true that Tennessee threw the Georgia game? I have a working theory that Tennessee lost on purpose. And why not? They dropped to number five and avoid having to play in the SEC championship game. They'll still make the playoffs. Tennessee is the smartest team in the room. Your hint is it's not Tennessee. It's a different Your fan base. hint is it's not Tennessee. Do not guess Tennessee because Tennessee is not the fan base that posted this. This is a different fan base. Okay. It's not going to be Georgia because they're gloating that they won. Uh, Smoky Mountain Red says Bama. I don't see nope. why they would say it. Uh, Dean says Vandy. No. Um, Gene Vandy says, would never say somebody else is the smartest team in the world. Gene says South Carolina. No. Brittany says she saw that one. Daniel said Bama. Give us another hint, Amanda. Uh, I mean, it's an SEC team. I don't really know. I can't just give you more hints. Well, you can. I mean, I can. Not like uh, the if... game show board's going to come in and shut no, but... down. What, what do you... What do you want me to say? It rhymes Stop with... Stop giving away your craft treats, you dirty dogs. <laughs> it sounds like ligers. I mean, I don't know what else you want me to say. I'm I'm going to say it's Missouri. Oh, Dean said Missouri before I did. No, it's LSU. It's LSU? It's LSU. Unbelievable. Have a fantastic day, everyone. Uh, Dean, I thought you had it. We'll give away more tomorrow, so... Check us out each and every weekday at 8.30. We certainly appreciate it. She's Amanda LaFrada. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off Dog Sports. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.